Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. Welcome into Kansas Talk. What's up? Happy Saturday morning to you, getting you set for another wonderful, glorious weekend. I am happy. I am excited. I am ready to rock and roll for another one here. And we got a lot to talk about throughout the program today. A lot of legislative issues in Topeka. We have some issues, obviously, that happened here in the state of Kansas throughout the week that we need to talk about and a heck of a lot more. So, open lines to you right now at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK here on the Maximum Outdoor Equipment Hotlines. We'd love to hear from you. And before you say anything about it, yes, it is true if you're watching the Facebook live stream, which you can at facebook.com forward slash 1480KQAM. If you're watching the video feed and you see my ugly mug on there, then yes, the uh, the question that you have on your mind is absolutely true i am wearing swimming trunks today (laughs) thank you for asking as right after the program today directly after the show at noon i am partaking in a polar plunge as uh part of our masonic group here in the community and supporting the kansas special olympics will be joining up there what is it it's the it's up on north tyler the ski lodge which is weird we have a ski lodge in the area here but uh there's a ski resort that has the little lake the mystic lake at the ski lodge there in Mays on 53rd street and tyler i'll be jumping up there directly after the program heading up and jumping into the lake for a polar plunge now here's the thing man it's supposed to be like 60 degrees it's already almost 50 degrees here in the wichita area and then by the time you get up there at noon the water's already going to be warm isn't it it's going to be relatively warm i when i think of a polar plunge i'm thinking 5 a.m when it's 20 degrees outside and it's negative 20 in the water, then that's a polar plunge, baby. And I was prepared for that. But nonetheless, I'll be partaking today. If you want to donate and partake and, uh, and sponsor it, you're more than welcome to do so. You can go to my Facebook page. I did share a link on, on our Facebook page, on my personal Facebook page, and you can see the polar plunge there. And you can donate and sponsor me as I jump into that cold water this morning, and we do that directly after the program. So uh, that's exciting. Looking forward to that one. Also, there's a great event going on right now. Uh, that is starting right at 9 o'clock right now as uh, over at area or Range 54 as uh, the Wichita Police Department is doing. They do this a couple, year, uh, couple times a year where they are handing out uh, car gun safes, which are amazing. And if you go into the range, apparently, and you shoot some rounds off, they give you anywhere between 50 to 100 rounds for your firearm where they're doing a program trying to slow down the rate of stolen firearms in the community by firing them off and then keeping a couple of the shells to where, for God forbid, one of your firearms gets stolen, they have the ballistics for your firearm to be able to track it and try and stop it from being used in other crimes or uh, having that flag pop up if it is used in a crime if it's stolen uh, from you in the community. So it's a great program, Wichita Police Department is having. We'll have them in the program. We are going to start working with WPD a little bit more on this show to talk about some things going on. But right now, they have that event going on right now. I don't know how long the line is, but if you choose to want to run out there and try and get a gun safe or to try and get some type of uh, some type of rounds for your firearm, you can do that over at Range 54 in the Wichita Police Department. 
That being said, welcome into it. It's a great Saturday morning. Great to have you along for the ride today. Coming up on the program today, bottom of the hour, in just about 20 minutes from now, we have State Representative Christy Williams from the Augusta area. She is the chair of the Education Committee in the State House of Representatives. We're going to talk with her about the big push. They're really pushing it this year. Can we actually ram it through regarding the uh, savings accounts for children in school and giving school choice in the state? Can we make it happen this year? So... We have her coming on in just a little bit, and uh, we'll ask her where that bill is, how the debate's going right now, how the discussion's going, and curious about the writing of the actual bill as well and some of the details. So we'll do that here in just a little bit. Also, Brenda Landwehr, state representative from the southern portion of Wichita, we'll have her on at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. We'll get her thoughts on some of the legislative updates and the big topic of the day, obviously, that happened this week, the swatting calls that happened at public schools all over the state of Kansas. Big issue. We sat down with Kansas Attorney General Chris Kobach to discuss that one, along with the fentanyl crisis in Kansas and everything else as well. So with all that being said, we have a lot to get to and a lot of guests uh, that are coming on the program. The first half hour is open lines to you, though, at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. And I want to get your thoughts on these swatting calls that happen in Kansas. For those that do not know or were not following or paying attention on Wednesday morning, uh, it started off, it's a funny story, as I was looking at some of the news reports here in the Wichita area Wednesday morning, I had seen the news headline that Wichita North High had had an active shooter call placed to them and that police were on the way over there and then found out that it was not an active shooter situation and that it was indeed a swatting call. For those that don't remember what a swatting call is, uh, Wichita again made national news a few years ago with the whole Andrew Finchett scenario of the swatting incident that happened from, I believe, like a video gamer out of California or something crazy and ended up calling on the home of Andrew Finch. Police showed up in the middle of the night and he ended up making a quick move that uh, police thought was him drawing a firearm, thinking that we were under that situation, and unfortunately ended up shooting him dead. That investigation still ongoing. The court cases, I believe, are closed now with all the law enforcement that were involved in that one, but that did lead to some national legislation regarding the concern of swatting, making a fake or false phone call regarding an incident of a shooter situation, of a hostage situation, of something that could be devastating with uh, police that could be barging in and doing something that could harm innocent individuals who have no clue what the hell's going on. Now seems to be a major national issue. And my question to you is, why would individuals do this? So Wednesday morning, if you again have not heard or did not follow it as of Wednesday, the first headline showed that Wichita North High had had an active shooter situation. Law enforcement showed up, ended up not being the case. It was a swatting call. Prior to that, which I was not aware at the time, was Manhattan and Topeka and El Dorado. And at the same time, I ended up getting a phone call from our sister station at KIUL out in Garden City, Kansas, where they had police showing up to theirs as well. And apparently all said and done, I've heard anywhere between 12 to 17 schools all received the relatively same phone call in their communities regarding active shooter situations at the schools. Now, it really made me concerned 
when we first got the call regarding the Wichita North High because the fact that we've already had students that showed up with knives or with firearms at the school. We started putting in metal detectors within the Wichita community regarding uh, students bringing firearms to the school, which you would think we're Wichita, man. We're not New York City. We're not L.A. We're not San Francisco. We're Wichita, Kansas. And while we may be a growing city and a bigger-ish city and the largest city in the state of Kansas, really, outside of Kansas City itself, uh, I get it. We're a big city, but... The fact that we have to have metal detectors in our community is a little concerning for us in public schools. The point that we've we've had to get to that point is a little concerning to me. So uh, we already have the metal detectors. The fact that we had a, a call for an active shooter situation kind of made our head scratch a little bit already because how could we have an active shooter situation if we have metal detectors within the public schools? Didn't make a whole lot of sense. Then we found out it was the swatting call, and then it just kind of trailed down from there. So my question to you is with these swatting calls that happened in Kansas, just the week prior, we had about 16 phone calls in the state of Colorado. We had about 15 calls a few weeks ago or a couple months ago down in the state of Oklahoma. We had multiple calls in Georgia and in Ohio and in South Carolina. And then Thursday, the day after we had them here in Kansas, there was about 10 calls up in the state of Nebraska as well as of Thursday morning. Now, I, and I can try and find the audio again. The calls that were made, if you have not heard the audio, is someone with a very thick accent. It sounds like a Middle Eastern accent where they claim to be either a student or a teacher at the school and that three or four students are dead. There's an active shooter situation right now. Come and save us. And it sounds like it's recorded and law enforcement has caught on pretty quickly. And first and foremost, Hat tip to our law enforcement and how wonderful they have to respond to these incidences. Apparently, the first one happened in Topeka on uh, Wednesday morning. And once that one was declared to be a swatting prank call, it was notified to the Kansas Bureau of Investigations, which sent down the line to the rest of law enforcement across the state to be wary that potentially you could be receiving these calls. So they were thankfully already going in a bit reserved about what was going on with these cases. But if that's the case, then... Again, my, my question is, what's the motive of this? Is it just to screw with people, keep us in a state of fear, keep us in a state of, oh, my gosh, are my kids actually safe in public schools? Is it a target against Second Amendment and saying, oh, let's go after the states that have pro-gun laws in order for us to say, oh, look, there's an opportunity for a school shooting in these states because there are guns out on the streets and therefore we need to ban guns in these states? Is, is, is that what is going on here? Or... Is it even more malicious than that by even timing out our law enforcement's response to an issue? By creating the story of the boy who cried wolf, so to speak, to where we do it enough times to where we don't respond nearly as dramatically as we should, and then they actually do something pretty severe as a nationwide hit across our public schools. Is it something of that sort? Or is it even more malicious of distracting our law enforcement to go to a call like this while they end up doing something more dangerous or more severe somewhere else and actually have some type of attack. There's a lot of different scenarios here, and all of them are extremely scary. We need to get to the bottom of this. All of them are relatively similar across these states of all these calls, and we just need to know why. And by the way, they've been happening for months. As of apparently September of last year, September to November, 23 states had been hit in over 200 public schools. That's a cause for concern. If they're heading anywhere between 10 to 15 schools in each state, then what's going on and why? 
are they doing it? If it is someone just wanting to cause issue, then that's an issue that we need to. And again, I've said this many times before. I think these individuals need to be considered terrorists and need to be charged as such when they are caught because you're calling for misinformation to law enforcement. And you're causing havoc in the communities and putting lives at danger, uh, hoping that maybe there are a kid or two that gets shot accidentally when law enforcement barges in, thinking there's an active shooter situation. So I want to get your thoughts. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Are you concerned about this? What do you think it's going to lead to? Is it going to change the way that law enforcement actually evolves on this issue? And how do we move forward to make sure that we still keep our children safe, but we don't fall for the boy who cries wolf with terrorists that are trying to cause havoc? In our community, if you remember, there was a clip or a uh, a quote in the movie of the Dark Knight. Remember that movie with Batman and Joker, Heath Ledger, greatest ba- uh, greatest Joker of all time. There was a quote from Alfred who said, "Sometimes there are just people in the world who want to watch the world burn. There's no motive, there's no reason, there's no rhyme, there's no purpose, there's no lesson to be taught. They just want to watch the world burn." Is that what we're dealing with here? Because if so. That's a cause for concern because there's no ideological way to change them, to make them understand what they're doing is very dangerous, or to stop it. There's just people who literally just want to watch the world burn and watch it be destroyed. And if that is the case, then we have to seriously step up our security, which leads to self-defense, which leads to holding on to our families a little bit closer, which also leads to us having a little bit more security measures, which is sad and pathetic and a little bit unnecessary as well. We'll do this when we come back. Think your thoughts on that and a heck of a lot more when we come back right around the corner. For a Saturday, it's Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQEM. Got a lot to talk about today. Stay here. Two minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today for a Saturday morning. Hopefully you guys are having a great one. Let's get you up and moving. Springtime right around the corner. Can you believe we're in March already? Holy cow. Flies right on by. So much to talk about. So much to get to. The swatting calls are a cause for concern here in the state of Kansas and abroad. What state will be hit next as Nebraska was hit directly after us on Thursday morning? Just a few days prior last week, we saw the state of Colorado get hit multiple calls. All of them similar. All of them the same. What's the motive? What's the purpose? And how do we prevent it? from happening further we do sit down with chris kobach our attorney general about that here in the next hour we'll play that interview in just a little bit but you know, let's get your thoughts on the issue on the maximum outdoor equipment hotlines line number one good morning who's this hey andy it's sean mr sean how are you sir oh not good i overslept i'm just now on my way to twin lake to get my joe hey well you know what you got to do that sometimes got to do that sometimes I have to have my coffee every morning. That's my life's blood. That's what gets me started. Gets get, all systems. Get you up and moving. Hey, you got to do it. I love uh, it. Yeah. So uh, it's my understanding that these swatting calls uh, uh, came in from overseas somewhere. The uh, the, the FBI thinks or that Department is of Homeland. That is the latest. Yeah, I, like I said, we played. Uh, we have an interview with Chris Kobach, our attorney general, which we'll play in next hour. But he did say during the interview when I asked him, I said, do we know where these are coming from? Do we know what's going on? And he made the comment of, uh, so to speak, of yes, but I can't talk a whole lot about it. But the FBI does believe they are coming from overseas and they are getting closer to figuring out who the heck's doing it. So that is good news. 
Well, hopefully they can catch him, but uh, it's probably going to be a new new. Uh, I think maybe it was uh, they're testing a response. Uh, it's probably somebody in Al Qaeda. I'll bet. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. Unless, why would a punk kid from somewhere in the Middle East call the United States doing that? So, <clears throat> I'll bet it's Al Qaeda, and I'll bet that. Uh, or ISIS, somebody in ISIS maybe. Sure. And uh, they're testing a, a response to uh, multiple attacks because this is something that I've thought about over the years: is uh, multiple terrorist attacks on schools. You know, because that's going to draw. And when you have these uh, active shooting situations, that draws half the half the police force to the school. You know, I mean. Every cop for miles around is going to be there. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. And that's the sad part. If it is from overseas, then they know the United States enough to know that we have such a pandemic regarding school shootings. And that doesn't lead the other side to be like, oh, we need to get rid of guns. What that does mean is that we have a serious mental health issue, that that's the, that's the response that people feel like is justified enough for them to take based on their emotional state at the time, which is a really wild thought to even fathom. And we could go down that rabbit hole forever and talk about, but the foreign enemies that we have in this world know the weakness of the United States right now, which is the fact that we have serious mental health issues, that our children are very vulnerable, and they're utilizing that in order to create chaos and fear by doing prank calls about active shooter situations at our schools. If that's the level that they know us, then that is a cause for concern. Well, that might be part of it, but the other part might be, you know, diversionary. Yeah, you know, you launch an attack over here on something small, and you attract the uh, the first responders. Uh, everybody goes to uh, point A. In the meantime, uh, because they're all over point A, you can attack point B, something bigger. Right. See yeah. what I'm saying? That's the theory. I mean, that's one of the theories. I mean, the reason is on why they would uh, why would they be doing what they are doing right now, and that is that is a concern. Yeah, well, I tell you, it's always something these days. You can't <laughs> argue around without some some crap happening somewhere. Yeah, I miss the good old days of the Cold War and the status quo, and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so that's how I feel about it. But, hey, uh, I'm right there with you, Sean. I I hate to cut you off. I got another call. I want to try and sneak in before the bottom of the hour here. So I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, go get some coffee, get moving, and uh, get up for the Saturday morning. And it's going to be some. Good stuff for sure. Line number two, let's go to it here. Good morning. Who's this? Scott. Hey, Scott, what's going on, sir? Well, I'm disappointed uh, that people hadn't realized how on the local issue that you have special interests such as the Builders Association who are trying to manipulate homeowners by making them have uh, uh, licenses or some type of contractor deal where you have to have that in order to roof your own house that you paid for uh it's gotten to the point where you're not even going to be able to change a light bulb without uh these special interests uh, trying to manipulate where they get to come in and change the light bulb for you and you got to pay them hundreds of dollars to do it uh, uh there's been people who've been roofing houses for years no problem on their own properties 
but yet now they're making it where you got to not only pay for a permit, but you got to pay for a, a contractor's license to roof your own property. It's, it's you know it's getting ridiculous. Well, it's all about the control and the tyranny, Scott. I gotta I gotta be honest. I'm a little surprised talking about the swatting incident from these public schools right now. That uh, you know we didn't uh, didn't mention the whole uh, swatting incident. I gotta run here, my friend. But uh, I mean. That's that's why I don't like homeowners associations. I've told you that many times before that uh, if uh, I, I will never sign up for an HOA or never have to live in an organization that has an HOA with my home. And if they do, I don't care what they say. I'm putting a flower pot toilet in my front yard and sitting there every day to say to hell with you because you're not going to tell me what to do with my home or what I can and cannot do with my home. It's my property. Leave me the hell alone. So. Uh, that's my stance on HOAs, and I'm right there with you. But I'm honestly surprised you didn't talk about the swatting incident, which is kind of the topic right now. So, nonetheless, when we come back, we'll take a bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we'll talk with Christy Williams, state representative. And uh, as she's talking about pushing the educational bill in Topeka, the latest, can we actually get school choice in the state of Kansas this year? Will it go through? Will Republicans jump on board with it? Republicans this year voting on some really weird, interesting bills. We'll talk about some of those later, like, oh, I don't know, raising the sale of tobacco to the age of 21 from 18 in the state, just prolonging that adolescence even more. Apparently, big government Republicans are still dominating our legislature to some degree. We'll do some of that when we come back as well. It's Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talk or KQAM. Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. 35 minutes past the hour right here on Wichita's Big Talker. 1480 in the AM dial. Also, we are on the FM at 99.7 HD4. If you have that HD radio, you can find us coming in clear as a bell on that HD quality FM. 99.7 again HD4. Also on the dial, the 1480 on the AM side. Wichita's number one local conservative talk radio program here with Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome in 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK on the Maximum Outdoor Equipment Hotline. It's got a lot to talk about. We've been talking about the swatting incident from earlier this week. The initial reports were about seven schools, then we heard 12. I've heard up to like 17 now. I don't know if that's true or not, but holy cow, as we continue to figure out what the heck's going on and why someone would want to do that. Why? Just to try and cause havoc? To hopefully have kids be harmed? To hopefully have some type of chaos in the community? To time out a response? To try and create a distraction? Uh, whatever the cause may be, we need to figure it out. We'll talk with Chris Kobach, Attorney General, about that coming up in the, the next hour. But right now, I want to get a legislative update as we shift gears a little bit. As you know, education, one of the highest priorities that we have in our legislature, and we discuss about it every single year regarding education. Can we make some ground on this? Can we make some movement this year? Really happy to have on the program, and it's been a while since we've had her on the show, but we had to bring her on to get an update as she is from the Augusta area, State Representative Christy Williams. Christy, how are you today? Hey, thank you. Very good. Yeah, it's so good to talk to you. It's been a while since we've had you on the program. Before we get into the education bill and the and the committee that you were on there, in general, how do you feel the uh, legislative session's gone so far this year? It seems like it's been kind of an interesting one. 
You know, it's always interesting. I've been in the legislature for nine years, and every year is unique. But um, I think we have a cohesive group. We have a great group of new freshmen that have entered the legislature with um, all kinds of diverse backgrounds, from veterinarian to attorneys and teachers. So I'm excited and hopeful for a good session. It is good. It is good to see some freshmen up there. It's also good to see our leadership. I mean, Dan Hawkins has been rocking it from what I can hear as Speaker of the House and uh, kind of keeping uh, keeping us in line a little bit, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He's really leaned on our chairs and he's tried to bring everyone together. We've had a, a really stellar uh, communication that has uh, helped all of our membership better prepare for key issues. And I I think that's really important. There's so many issues in the Capitol, and it's hard to be an expert on all of those. So we need to help each other out and uh, dig deep into the top topics. Yeah. Amen to that. Uh, Regarding education, let's start off with funding and budgets. Obviously, that's been the focal point for years on end with the ongoing litigation with the Kansas Supreme Court on whether we're funding enough of the public schools. And this year, uh, the governor's been hyping up the fact that we are funding enough, but we need some more for whatever reason. Uh, now that we had the surplus in the state of Kansas, we've seen the COVID-19 funding come into the state and the tens of millions of dollars, and we're trying to figure out what to do with that stuff. Uh, and then, of course, the tax revenue that we're seeing in the state coming in really above projections month over month, every single month, which is kind of fascinating. Are we funding education properly now uh, uh, to the appeasement of the Kansas Supreme Court? And do you think that they're going to be asking for more money for our K-12 through budgets? Well, they already are asking for more money. And yes, we are constantly meeting our obligation. And in fact, in 2024, the inflation factor, the CPIU index, which takes the average of the three previous years, will cause us to increase our state general fund money for K-12 through from 22 to 2024 by $600 million. So we're significantly increasing. And just year over year, we can uh, we can project between 170 to 180 to 200 plus million more. So yes, we are um, at least by statute and by Gannon standards, absolutely meeting our obligation. It's wild. When I first started in radio back here in 2015 here in the Wichita area, I remember we were talking with you. We were talking with uh, the Kansas Policy Institute and other groups regarding public education funding. And we were talking about how it had hit more money funding per student in the state than ever before. And we were sitting at like nine to $10,000 and how it was so close to a private school that was costing individuals nearly 11000 to $12,000 a year and how we were almost spending nearly as much the same in public as we were in private school. But yet the outcomes were not anywhere near the same now. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but now we're creeping up to like what sixteen, seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars per student, which is kind of insane. Well, when, yeah. Well, when you factor in your federal, state, and local, it's twenty thousand. It's almost twenty thousand <laughs> per student. And honestly, the state's piece of that is about seventy percent. So mm-hmm. property tax and federal make up that that smaller percentage. Um, The bottom line is that outcomes are not going to improve by just adding more money. Money is an important component. We commit to that. We want to do that. 
but there's so much more to that. And that's why school choice is such a, an important debate, because when you insert into, into the market, you get um, improved outcomes. It just, it's yeah. just common sense. We see that in, um, let's say, our higher ed. They, they have choice. Our preschools have choice, and our uh, overall economy in the United States bears an example of what choice can do for yeah. markets. Uh, and school choice is essential. So many states are working on this. I mean, it, it really started, I remember a few years back with Scott Walker up in the Wisconsin area where the teachers unions loathed him for trying to fight back and push back against the teachers unions and actually creating a school choice program. They tried to recall him two or three different times. So the power is there. Where are we at with this bill? I know that obviously being the chair of the education committee, you've been working hard on a school choice bill in the state of Kansas. Is this the year we can do it? And what does this bill look like? Okay. Well, I think it should be the year that we do it. And we need all of our Republicans to join with us. We want everyone to know, our constituents and our legislators to know and understand that you can be a advocate for students and choice, as well as be an advocate for students that are in the public school system. We just all need to understand that kids are very diverse and they have unique needs and abilities and a traditional school setting, whether it's public school or private school isn't going to be best for all kids. Um, we've talked to hundreds of parents that have kids that have dyslexia or autism or or um, other types of needs, whether it's high academic or lower academic, and they don't necessarily excel in a traditional environment. And so we need to be more thoughtful about how we educate our kids in Kansas. And so um, the plan for this would be that parents could have an education savings account for their child that's only one quarter of the cost to educate a student in public school. And they can use that to um, take online classes or college classes or to have a tutor, or they could use it for uh, private school tuition or join a micro school or provide for supplies in a homeschool. For me, um, I think Kansas wins when kids are best educated. And this is what an ESA does. I love that. I love that idea. So you would get to, you get essentially your savings account uh, with this money in it and you could use it anywhere. Does that also include, um, uh, do we have school choice in the fact that we could choose maybe if, for the Wichita area, for example, going from one public school to another if they have better curriculum, better standards there? I mean, uh, does this also include that fact that we could bounce around not just to a charter or a magnet or, like you said, the micro schooling or homeschooling, but also to other public schools as well? Well, this particular bill does not address that. However, we have addressed that last year, and we did successfully pass both part-time enrollment, which means that, yes, now a student can go to a public school or a private school or a combination of those, including homeschool. So that is now uh, codified in law. It also uh, codified in law and implemented in 2024 is the open enrollment. Open enrollment means that if capacity is available, I can move from Wichita to Derby or Derby to uh, Hayesville, uh, Augusta to Andover. Again, it would be based on local board control regarding uh, capacity limits. And so that would still play into it. 
Interesting. I love that idea. Are we seeing, obviously, with COVID-19, it, it locked down a lot. We saw kind of an increase, I think, in homeschooling or at least the virtual learning for a lot of public schools around. But are we seeing an interest not only in homeschooling, but I love personally the concept of those micro-schooling around the area. Is that a thing here in Kansas now, and is that a growing in popularity? Yeah, it's definitely growing in popularity, and here's why. I think the homeschool, uh, the, 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 the practice of homeschool has changed drastically over the last few decades. Um, we've always had families and communities that have excelled in homeschool, but not everybody is adept at teaching their kids or other kids in a small environment. Well, now there are so many wonderful cur- curriculums available, so many wonderful materials and co-ops and groups that parents can really get the support they need to do this successfully. They don't have to be a licensed teacher to provide their kids the best quality education in a safe environment that uh, manifests values that that family wants to spouse on their children. So micro schools, yes, they're popping up. And uh, whenever there is an opportunity, such as the educational savings account, it creates more opportunity, creates more innovation, and and uh, creates more, um, uh, well, more opportunity for kids to succeed. Yeah. Oh, amen to that. I I completely love it. I love the fact that we're pushing this. We're talking with State Representative Christy Williams, District 77, and the chair of the Education Committee. Let's talk about the process now. Where are we at with the bill, and when could we see a vote on this uh, coming up here soon? So it is in the K-12 Education Committee, and Monday we plan on working this bill, um, and then we will pass it out and send it to the House floor. Um, hopefully our Republican membership will be very supportive of it and will pass it and will send it on over to the Senate. Um, the thing I would note about this is this is a win for Republicans, Democrats, um, students of color, uh, students with disabilities, students of low income. This is uh, something that is beneficial to all of our constituents. And in fact, Real Clear Politics did a, a poll in 2022 that said, um, basically said that we're talking about over 70% of our voters want school choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a popular move. Uh, people want the choice because if they're not getting the, the results, especially with the amount of taxpayer money that's going into their kids' education, if they're not getting the results, uh, as usual, in a consumer market, we're going to find a different alternative to try and change things up. A little bit, so it's drastically needed. The big question is obviously this year is it's always been a controversial thing. Even some more moderate or left wing Republicans, for whatever reason, have had a hard time getting on board with this, maybe because of the special interests that are involved pushing it. Do we have enough to pass it this year? And the big question is if the governor vetoes it, will we be able to override that veto this year, do you think? So we definitely have enough to pass it through both chambers, and it's such a priority issue that we're continuing to really talk to our members about the the details of the bill, because it's very easy to hear the establishment, um, the let's say the those agencies that want public school. Um, it's hard to get past that amount of um, that very, very, very strong and powerful lobbying voice. But when we get down and we think about what is best for the kid, then we know it's an easy vote to make. Now, when we're talking about the governor, as you all may realize, she established what she called herself the A-Voucher Program. 
And then she changed the name to a savings account. And then she realized, well, I can't call it an education savings account. So now it has its own name and it's only referenced as KEEP. And the KEEP program allows $1,000 worth of savings accounts. And they can be for uh, public or non-public students and for all a variety of uses. So she, too, is realizing that our kids have learning loss. They have needs that are not being met by our public schools. And I, frankly, for those that would oppose money following the students and funding students rather than systems, I would ask them, do you think status quo is okay? And do you think that having 10% of our high school at-risk students proficient in math, is that okay? And what's a better plan? Because I'm all for what can we do? And more money clearly is not the answer. Well, amen to that. And I think they're starting to realize that they've pushed for more money over the years. And as we've given them more money forcefully through the Supreme Court telling us to do so, the uh, results have not increased. And I think they're starting to hit that panic button. So they're opening up the options to try to kind of CYA, if you know what I mean, because they don't want to look bad by after fighting for all that money and it not showing any results. Yeah, absolutely. They put themselves in a really bad place. Uh, There was a lawsuit that was predicated on uh, state assessment scores. And once they received the the, the full constitutional money, then they wanted to say, oh, those test scores don't really matter. That's not important. That's not what we want to focus on. Let's look at the graduation rates. And so as graduation rates have climbed, uh, state assessments have continued to fall. And no one wants to say that state assessments are the end all, be all. Um, I think we can all agree on that. However, it is the one quantitative bit of data we have. And we know that it is more objective than graduation rates, which is highly subjective. And anybody can scoot someone through, regardless of whether or not they can read or write um, or do basic math. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. We don't want to just lower the standards so low that all you have to do is get that participation trophy to show up to school and all of a sudden you graduate high school with no actual level of academics to move on to workforce or higher education. And uh, that's kind of the level that progressives like to do things. Last question for you as we talk with State Representative Christy Williams, District Number 77. But obviously this week from the swatting incidences involving our schools, I know this is kind of a newer topic Do you think this is going to lead to a conversation in the legislature regarding additional school security, um, not only with the threat of potential active shooter situations, but also with the swatting calls with law enforcement showing up under the assumption that there is a potential active shooter situation? Is that going to pop up, do you think, in the Education Committee on possible school uh, security additional conversations? Well, it already has, um, and it has for the last several years, even outside of this re- this recent um, incidents of um, swatting that you've referred to. But we have funded the Safe and Secure grants. They're $5 million. We want our schools to have action plans. We want them to be uh, up to date. We want them to review all of their uh, protocols and their locks, their doors, and we want to match grants to to continue to fund for this. There are some other items that are on the table when we review our budget that um, we can look at. And and really the bottom line on um, safety in our schools is accountability. Um, If you've reviewed some of the things that have gone on in the Wichita Public School with the teachers that provided over, you know, 115 different survey responses talking about behaviors and the lack of accountability and um, teachers that are being hit or cursed at or spit at. We can't allow it. 
We yeah. just literally can't allow. The longer we allow um, behaviors to continue to spiral downward, then violence outbreaks. There will be more violent outbreaks. So I think we have to nip it in the bud, and uh, I think that accountability is the key. And uh, the school districts need to be very open and honest with law enforcement and work on actual solutions, not just Band-Aids. Yeah. Amen to that. Man, I love it. I saw the state of Nebraska was actually working on some legislation to allow teachers to actually physically and forcefully stop a, a physical attack if that was necessary and use some restraint on the student if needed. It's sad that we're even at that level of allowing students just to walk all over other students and push around teachers physically as well just because they got their cell phone taken away from them or something, which is kind of crazy. We saw the story down in Florida about a week or so ago of about a 300-pound football player student just railing on a teacher for taking their cell phone away in class. And uh, the fact that we're at that level in society makes me a little sad. It is very sad. And listen, it all connects. When kids don't feel like they have a purpose, that they're not learning, they're not achieving, it's not meaningful to them, they can't apply it in any way. Um, And then you add in the social pressures and and the phones um, and then uh, just diminished uh, values. Then, yeah, it's a tough tough, uh, situation in schools. We should be thinking about all of those inputs. But bottom line, don't don't lower standards. It's going to just cause the whole thing to uh, fall apart. What a wild concept. Keeping our standards and be able to hold ourselves high when we move forward. I love it. State Representative Christy Williams, District 77 from the Andover and Augusta area. Christy, it's so good to talk to you again. It's been way too long since we've had you on the show. Keep up the fight. I really hope this is the year we can make some school choice happen in our state with a savings account. Let's get you back on the show and get another update from you again soon. All right. Thank you, Andy. Hey, always a pleasure. Appreciate that very, very much. Great information. Holy cow. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up our number one. State Representative Brenda Landwehr around the corner as well. The kickoff hour number two right here on a Saturday morning for Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. All right, welcome back into it. We got just about a minute left here as we wrap up hour number one, top of the hour momentarily. Thanks again to State Representative Christy Williams, District Number 77. Great information, man. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed and toes crossed and everything else that we can, uh, that we can get some school choice bills through the legislature this year. I am cautiously optimistic. I'm also optimistic that we can use that money. We have the open enrollment. We can actually move to other schools if we want to, public, private, charter, magnet, whatever we want. Have that opportunity for your children to get the best education possible based on what's available in your area, and that's what it's all about, and we absolutely love that. So uh, we'll do some more of that when we come back. State Representative Brenda Landwehr right around the corner here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM, as we have that. Plus, we'll have hey, uh, Chris Kobach right on the corner. Hang tight. Truth Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed, it is our number two of Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 on the AM side, and we're on the FM side, 99.7 HD4. You have to have that HD radio to pick us up on the FM, but we are there. 
HD1, regular 99.7. If you just tune in there on a regular radio, you'll hear our sister station, Hank FM, with your classic country. But if you have the HD, you can go through the different HD channels, get to HD4. You'll find us right there on KQAM as well, blasting out on that beautiful 50,000-watt FM frequency. Loud and clear, baby. But until then, you can tune in right here on KQAM, also on the Facebook live stream at facebook.com forward slash 1480 KQAM as well. Wichita's number one conservative talk radio program. Uh, can just talk. Welcome into it. 316-721-8255. And for those, by the way, that are watching the Facebook live feed, uh, to answer your question, because I know this has been uh, chomping at the bit for you. Yes, I am wearing swimming trunks today uh, for the program. <laughs> Why? Because, well, I'll be doing a polar plunge in about two hours from now. Uh, what's, here's the thing, man. It's going to be 60 degrees outside, and the, weather's, the, warms, the, the water's already going to be half warm. I was expecting it to be like 20 degrees outside at 5 a.m. and jump in the lake then. Apparently, we're not doing that. But uh, excited to do it with the Wichita Area Masons, as I am part of, and we'll be doing it uh, to do a fundraiser and supporting the Kansas Special Olympics as their big fundraiser that's been bouncing around all over the state. This is the last stop for it for the Kansas Special Olympics and their fundraiser for the Polar Plunge. So I will be jumping into the water coming up at noon today, and I'm excited for that. So... Nonetheless, welcome into the program. Got a lot to get to. Thanks again to Christy Williams, state representative on the program in the last half hour, talking about the education stuff. There's a lot to talk about, obviously, there. I'm really optimistic and hopeful that we can see some special uh, school choice bills come through and get to these governor's desk. What she does with it will be interesting. As we mentioned, uh, she could potentially sign it or let it pass because while they don't like school choice, they realize just throwing more money at the problem is not solving the problem. So now they're a little desperate to make their policies look like they're actually working by being maybe, hopefully, potentially open to other opportunities as well. Plus, bottom of the hour, we have Chris Kobach, Kansas Attorney General, as we talk about the swatting incidents that we saw earlier this week on Wednesday morning. Up to 17 schools now that we saw received that recorded call which is a cause for concern. We talked about it a little bit last hour. We'll get back to that one a little bit as well. But I want to shift gears. I want to get another legislative update with one of our favorite guests on the program as well. It's always good to have her on the program from the South of Wichita area. Excited to have on the program State Representative Brenda Landwehr. Brenda, how are you today? I am wonderful, Andy. How about yourself? Oh, uh, We are living the dream always. Uh, would you do a polar plunge? Like, I don't know. 60-degree weather to me isn't much of a polar plunge. Well, that water's not going to be 60 degrees, Andy. So, you know, if it was for a good cause, yes, I would do it. It's a great cause. We're looking for those Kansas Special Olympics. So I'm excited for that one at noon today. How have you been? I know you've been extremely busy. This has been a wild legislative session this year. Some really good stuff being discussed. Some really weird things being discussed. It's been kind of an odd one this year. Well, there's always something, you know, different going on. Um you know, we've just gotten through our halfway mark, so now we're working on the stuff from the Senate, and the Senate's working on the stuff from the House. And so um, we're uh, next week we'll, we'll be hearing in the Health and Human Services Committee the Women's Bill of Rights. So what's the definition of a woman? Mm. That's sad and we have then, to have a bill that actually clarifies that, by the way. Well, there is. It's like if you if you recall during a confirmation uh, process in Congress, there was a judge that couldn't answer what a woman was, so apparently we do have to define it. Yeah. And then on Tuesday, we're going to hear uh, about pregnancy resource centers in Kansas and how can we help women that have become pregnant, whether unexpectedly or expected, but are on hard times and need some help. And how do we get them to carry these babies to full term? Yeah. And then on uh, 
Wednesday, we're going to hear, Bill, about Born Alive, and those are babies that actually survive abortions. Mm. So that's what we've got coming up in health this week. This week, We've still been working, Andy, on uh, trying to move forward and get the mental health hospital here in the Cedric County area moving forward. We'd like to see something happen on that here this next year. And um, then, of course, the K-12 mental health pilot program, as we've referred to it for many years. We actually have a bill this year that we're hoping that we can get funded so that we're not having to worry about it year to year. Sure. Boy, this is going to be a heavy week, it sounds like. We'll start off with some of these. I know the women's bill especially made national news all over the place with Kansas actually defining what a woman really is, which is apparently a, a controversial thing. So uh, that's kind of interesting. So with that being defined, that would fall into the category of the women's sports, wouldn't it, on who could actually participate in women's sports across the state? Well, it does, and, and actually we'll have the, the swimmer gains will be up to uh, testify on that on Monday. As also, she will be in the Senate because they're going to hear the uh, women's sports bill on Monday as well. So. Sure. Well, very good. Now, regarding the abortion issue, I know that uh, the Attorney General, Chris Kobach, ended up uh, filing the uh, case against Walgreens and CVS regarding the abortion pills in the state so they can't be distributed just over the counter, which is kind of weird that we'd be doing that anyways. But uh, as you talk about the pregnancy resources trying to actually limit the amount of abortions, uh, the state of Kansas has kind of become the beacon in the Middle America region, haven't we? After the uh, reversal of Roe v. Wade, the protection, I guess, of abortion from the bill back in August of last year, that uh, there's people from all over the Middle America region coming to Kansas for that resource right now, isn't there? Well, there is, and, and we're rather concerned uh, definitely with the, num- the rise of number of abortions in Kansas, but very much so with uh, telemedicine and the abortion pill. People don't realize that... You know, if a woman is not seen and you know exactly how many weeks she is, uh, is she having an ectopic uh, pregnancy? Because if she takes that pill and is having that type of a pregnancy, she could die. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we think it's violating the Women's Right to Know Act, which is current statute uh, here in Kansas, that a woman has to be seen by a physician. So we're looking at different things on it. We're you know, I know there's some bills out there to, you know, actually ask for a ban. I don't think we're in a position for that at this time. Sure. And right now we want to figure out, okay, how do we take care of women that are in these positions? Because there was a lot of accusations during uh, the time of voting for value them both that those of us that are pro-life don't care about care about the women after they have their babies. Well, that's false. Sure. I've done a lot of work in the area of, of foster care, in the area of mental health for children. We've got other legislators that have done things. And now we want to take and, and look at how do we take care of these women? What resources do they need? You know, is there parenting things that they need? How do we make sure that they're getting prenatal care? Yeah. And then what resources do they need as the babies, you know, start aging? So, It is a very important issue, and you're right. We have been criticized for not, quote-unquote, taking care of. I did see a movement from Governor Kelly. She made an announcement in the last week or so regarding trying to focus on uh, family units again and trying to reinforce family uh-huh. values and the family units and bringing families back together so we don't have to worry about the foster care system that has been so bogged down. We see kids, like, missing. We see them being treated poorly uh, through the foster care uh, system and it, it's unfortunate because it's there's so many in there it's about time we started focusing on trying to do PSAs or at least run some community movements on focusing on the family and keeping the family unit together to not increase government size but to not need the government program 
Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it finally, at least we're finally talking about it. Um, let's talk about, for a second, the Born Alive, because I didn't even realize that was as big of an issue as it needed, but actually kids surviving abortions. What age or what stage in the development are these uh, children in if they're surviving an abortion procedure? Because I would think that would be a relatively early on in the process, isn't it? Well, that would be the third trimester. Wow. And, um, you know, it's there's botched abortions, just like there's, you know, botched medical procedures and other things. And, and we've seen, uh, you know, many kids that have been, you know, survived uh, an abortion. And unfortunately, there are some individuals that decide that the abortion should go through no matter what. So yeah. uh, we're going to hear that on Wednesday and uh, listening to the conferees, the proponents and the opponents. So it will be an interesting day. Yeah, it will be an interesting yeah, I'm telling you, you're dealing with some really heavy stuff there. It's going to be a hard week for you guys. <laughs> we're talking with State Representative Brenda Landwehr from the uh, South Wichita area. Let's shift gears a little bit to COVID. You're also on the Special Committee on Government Overreach, obviously, that happened after COVID, and I had seen that there was some legislation being talked about trying to end some of the vaccine mandates across the state in certain industries. Where are we at with this? Well, I don't think that we've got any mandates out there right now. Now, if a private business decides to do that, Andy, that's their right as a private business. But there is no mandate from the government perspective at all at this time, and I don't think that we'll see that in the future. We want to make sure that it doesn't. You know, there has been some talk from the CDC that they want to make uh, COVID a required vaccine. Well, again, until we know more about this vaccine, because we're still starting to see some of the fallout uh, that concur with different individuals, that there may be problems in the future. It should still be an individual decision. And that doesn't mean I'm an anti-vaxxer because I do support the vaccines that we have in place today for our children. Uh, to protect our society, and um, yeah, we're going to keep an eye on that and make sure that Kansas doesn't get forced to do the COVID. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, again, it's, it should be choice, especially for a COVID vaccine, which isn't even technically a vaccine because it hasn't been approved as a vaccine yet. It's still in experimental stages, according to the government and the labeling that they have it right now. So to mandate that is kind of fascinating, especially for children, when children are at like the lowest acceptable rate for COVID to actually be impacted by this. I think we've seen what, one child have a serious issue in the state since the pandemic began? Well, I don't know what those numbers are off the top of my head, but you're exactly right on the the experimental side of it. Uh, and what that has allowed is the pharma groups that manufacture it is it keeps it holds them harmless from liability exactly for you know any negatives and, and that type of stuff. So you know until it gets improved and and they they know exactly what it's doing, what it's not doing, what it's causing. Because we know that every medication that we take has a side effect. Sure. But we need to go in with our eyes open and know what those side effects are. But I think it's an individual right and an individual decision to take the vaccine. Amen to that. I love it. State Representative Brenda Landwehr, last thing before we let you go, obviously we talked about the swatting calls earlier this week on Wednesday uh, with you focusing a lot on mental health in the state and security with our schools and making sure the kids are safe and okay. Uh, Do you think this is going to change anything when it comes to response to public schools, uh, changing maybe the security protocol within public schools, whether there's an active shooter situation or it's a fake swatting call? It's scary that states all over the country are getting these. Colorado got it last week. Nebraska had about 10 of them the day after us on Thursday morning. About 23, 24 states nationwide have seen these recorded calls claiming for active shooter situations. 
What do we do about this? I mean, obviously, the law enforcement is trying to find who's behind it. But what can we do on the home front to try and keep our t- kids safe during that time? Well, I think that's that's what's really hard. I think we just, you know, talk to our children, you know, uh, tell them to be aware of what's going on. Because, unfortunately, there's a lot of bad people in this country. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's those that do suffer from mental illness, and we need to make sure that they're getting uh, help. That's what makes this K-12 program so important because the services are provided at the school. And we wish that more of our school buildings would actually utilize that program. It's an option that they get to take, and we're uh, working to expand it. But uh, the decision on what the protocol will be, what the safety will be, those are all based upon the local uh, school board. So those are the ones that will be making those decisions not on the legislative level. Yeah, very concerning stuff. Last question for you, and I know you voted against this bill, but I scratch my head on how it even passed the House of Representatives. House Bill 2269, raising the age to sell tobacco products to the age of 21 in the state of Kansas. Like, come on, man, really? Come on. Well, they're trying to match what the, the feds are, are doing, and, you know, it's in, it's, it's just mind-boggling when we can uh, – you know, send someone off to fight for us at the age of 18, but they can't buy alcohol. They can't now. They're not going to be able to buy tobacco yeah. until they're 21. They can vote. And, they can sign but, up for the military. But, yeah. But you can you can have uh, you know life changing uh, surgery to your body to decide <laughs> whether or not you're a man or a woman under the age of 18. And it's like. Okay, so what's going on with us here? What's our problem? Yeah, it drives me nuts. Prolonging adolescence, and it's it's all just all over the place. Yeah, you can do hormonal changes and operations to change your body if you feel differently, but you can't buy a Swisher Sweet, which was my, when I turned 18, the Swisher Sweet, man, I bought it. I felt like I was the coolest kid when I got to work and I was sitting in the back and I lit up a Swisher <laughs> Sweet at 18 years old. I was a man at that time. There you go. Oh, Andy. Well, that just goes to show that uh, you've got to remember that our brains don't fully develop (laughs) until somewhere between 23, 24, 25, 26. It's different for men. It's different for women. And that's why some of the decisions we shouldn't be making until we reach those ages. But, uh, yeah. There it is. I thought I was I thought I was really smart back then too. That's right. That's right. Man, we knew what was going on. We knew how the world <laughs> turned at that age. I love it. Brenda Landers, yeah. state representative. It's always good to talk to you, Brenda. Keep up the fight. And like I said, you're you're gonna be doing some really heavy conversations this this week in the legislature. So best of luck. Let's get you back on and do another update here soon. Well, thank you, Andy, and we appreciate what you're doing and keep doing it because the voices have to be heard, so we appreciate you. Every day. We'll keep it going, Brenda. We appreciate that very much, and have a wonderful weekend. Let's take a break here. When we come back right around the corner, we have some calls on the line. We'll get to you, plus our interview with Chris Kobach, Kansas Attorney General. We'll talk about the swatting calls that happened this week, fentanyl in the state, and a heck of a lot more. All coming up on Kansas Talk, Wichita's number one conservative talk radio in South Central Kansas. Stay right here. I don't know why it doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind. I'm designed to try to explain in due time. Oh. 25 minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today for a Saturday morning. Great information, man. Thanks again to State Representative Christy Williams talking about the education bills, school choice, savings accounts. Could we actually? see some savings accounts for our children be able to choose where we want to go and the fact that 
Micro-schooling is becoming popular in the state. Makes me very happy. Also, thanks to State Representative Brenda Landwehr as well. Always a pleasure to have her on. we got a few minutes here. Let's jump right to the phone line, shall we? At 316-721-8255 on the Maximum Outdoor Equipment Hotlines. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Going once. Going twice. All right. Give us a call back. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Not a big deal. We'll get you on a little bit later as well. want to tell you about my friends over at Napoleon, if I can spell it. Napoleon Appliance Repair here in Wichita. They were ranked best of by the Wichita Eagle in 2022 for your appliance repair. If you have an appliance going out, which uh, just to give you a heads up, guys, hint, hint, wink, wink, my ice dispenser went out in my refrigerator again. Again, come on, man. Every time I need it, it just dies. We're going to have to get you out there and take a look at it. So, <laughs> Wichita, uh, you can check them out. Napoleon Appliance Repair. Give them a call at 316-409-1525. You can also find their Facebook page at Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. Find them. Great partners here on KQAM. Great partners with us here on Candace Talk. They love the show. We love you guys, Mike and Mike. We love you guys to death and appreciate you very, very much. Uh, they were voted, again, best of by the Wichita Eagles 2022 in appliance repair, go and check them out as they are rocking it, and uh, uh, they can get you set up. Whether you have the old stuff that's reliable, whether you have the new computerized stuff, no matter what it is, they can get you taken care of with Napoleon Appliance Repair. Let's go back to the lines here, shall we? Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, Andy. It's Robin. Robin, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Loving this Kansas weather, let me tell you that. That's what it's about. You're still in Kansas then. Yeah, I am. I am. Had a wonderful time at the Pachyderm yesterday, and I really wanted to get in on uh, the conversation with Brenda. I know she's probably left the building, though. Yeah, she is. She is done. She jumped on the line yeah. for a little bit with us, but uh, uh, great information with her. She was really, uh, she, oh, she yeah. brings it all the time. Oh, we, oh, well, she's fantastic. She's always done a lot of good for Kansas. I do uh, wonder, though, where she stands on the cannabis uh, for Kansas. Mm, that's a good question. I have. I don't think I've asked her about that one before. I know that with two bills floating around out there right now, I, I don't know where mm-hmm. she stands on that one. I would like to get kind of a consensus on some of the Republicans that are promoting it or kind of shying away. The hearings that I've heard from this week that happened on the cannabis bill are uh, mm-hmm. had a lot of opponents against it talking about how bad it would be for the state so i don't know uh, that was that was a lot of the law enforcement that was some of the uh, quote-unquote medical experts i believe they brought someone up from oklahoma to see how they've done it in their state and they said uh-huh. that it's not been good for the according to the person that was there but uh so uh-huh. there were some frustration from some legislators this week and the fact that there weren't some uh supporters that were speaking out in the bills as well so we'll see how it moves forward I know. I'm really excited to see. I think that we can get it this year, Kansas. I really, really do. And I'd love to talk to Brenda or even Chris. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and let's see what Chris has to say about it. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a good question for him. Uh, this one's recorded, so we didn't get a chance to ask him on this one. But next time we get him on the program, okay. uh, I know that uh, he will have, obviously, a good input being the head law enforcement officer for the state of Kansas on how that would be enforced statewide. So, Robin, i got to take a bottom-of-the-hour break here, but I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Talk to you soon, Mike. Always a pleasure. There it is. All right. So when we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit. We'll talk with Chris Kobach, Kansas Attorney General, as we uh, talk about the swatting calls. 17 calls in total across the state of Kansas on Wednesday morning. Thursday morning, right out of the gate, another 10 or 12 happening up in the state of Nebraska. The nationwide swatting calls calling for active shooter scenarios at public schools. What the heck's going on? Plus, we'll get his thoughts on fentanyl and a heck of a lot more. Big program lined up. Lots to get to here on Kansas Talk on Wichita's Big Talker KQAM. Stay here.
Kansas, Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us as always. Really happy to have this guy back on the program. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on in the state of Kansas, good and bad, but we had to get him on, especially after the crazy week that we've had this week. He is the newly elected Kansas Attorney General. Excited to have back on the program, Mr. Chris Kobach. Chris, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm really uh, glad to be back on the show. Yeah, good to talk with you again. Obviously, we got to start with what happened this week. Uh, at least at the end of the day, we found out 12 different schools, public schools, ended up getting random calls, the swatting incidents, calling uh, to scare us into thinking there was an active shooter situation, which, uh, as we find out, goes in line with what we've seen across the nation. We saw 16 calls in the state of Colorado this last week, and Nebraska had some this uh, this week as well. We had North Carolina, Ohio, Georgia, Oklahoma. These swatting calls are happening all over the place. Chris, what the heck's going on here? Um, it's, it's, it's really unusual. It doesn't appear to be just a, you know, a trend of people, you know, pulling a prank or something like that. I think it's more nefarious than that. And the, uh, the interesting thing, or one of the interesting things about what happened in Kansas, uh, this past week is all of the calls appear to have come from the same person. Um, and it, you know, it's very dangerous. So obviously the, with swatting, you, you are trying to get a SWAT team to show up, yeah. you know, a heavily armed team. And these, in, in past cases, not typically involving schools, but when an individual is swatted and, and the, you know, the perpetrator gives a false report that the individual has a gun, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a very real risk of injury or death, which, which has occurred in some of these cases when you send an armed police officer in thinking that there is a life or death situation and that, you know, someone with a gun is at the other side of the door. So it, it's it's a deadly uh, crime to report false information to a law enforcement official. And it's also uh, a very serious um, crime in the state of Kansas. You could be punished up to 17 months in prison for it. So, you know, I, I think what's going on is is something that's really disturbing because they you know, either they're trying to cause, uh, you know, death or injury by one of these incidents going the wrong way, or they may be trying to distract law enforcement and, you know, keep them focused on these false reports of school shootings when something else might be going on. Yeah, that is very concerning. That was the question is what the motive is here, because either it's someone just wanting to watch us live in terror and fear, especially when it comes to our children. And we have enough school shootings going on across the nation. We don't need the fear of more on top of that one, but you're right, whether it's timing out the response of emergency responders to an event, whether it's distracting to do something else, or like you said, hoping that just someone randomly gets harmed in the process of something like this, whatever it is, it's malicious. And the fact that it's happening in multiple places all over the country, I really hope that we can get down to the bottom of what's going on here. What it sounds like is we have the phone calls coming that has a thick accent of wherever this may be from, from Google phone numbers that are untrackable. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, the individual does uh, have a very thick accent, and I'm not sure if this individual who you know hit Kansas this week is the same one who's hitting some of the other states. Um, but it is, yeah, it's, it's very troubling. It's difficult to track. Uh, but we've had a really good uh, law enforcement response. We're working, you know, we we called our federal partners, uh, the FBI and the KBI, Kansas Bureau of Investigation, has been uh, coordinating. Uh, the the law enforcement response in our state, and they've done a great job, by the way. They you know, the first call was to uh, regarding Topeka, uh, the Topeka school district, and uh, you know at at that one, everyone was assuming that this, this is real, and so it was a massive law enforcement response. Uh, KBI itself had agents there. 
And then when they realized that it was fake, KBI quickly disseminated the information to other law enforcement agencies across the state saying, hey, be aware, this may be uh, a, a swatting uh, incident and it may be a false report. It, they, of course, law enforcement treats every report seriously, so they still uh, went to the schools, but you know, they went with you know, a, a more limited number of officers and with the awareness that this could be false, and of course all of the other ones were false. Sure. Um, so it's uh, it, it, the KBI did a great job of you know getting the information out very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Does this change? You think if this continues as a trend, not just here in Kansas, but really all over the place, is this going to change how we respond to certain issues? Like you said, obviously law enforcement treats it very seriously when there is a concern for an active shooter, especially at a public school, but really anywhere. But when there's a case like this, is this going to cause hesitation or is this going to cause skepticism moving forward? Obviously, swatting's been an issue. Really, it started off here in Wichita with Andrew Finch a few years ago that caused some legislation at the federal level. So swatting's been on kind of top of mind for us for a while, but will this evolve and change the way that law enforcement handles certain situations, do you think? Well, it, it probably will result in law enforcement having a uh, greater awareness that there could be swatting. But on the other hand, you don't want this to turn into the boy who cried wolf so that the, the villagers no longer respond because yeah. we know that school shootings are a real thing. So it, 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 there's kind of a balancing act here. We have to take every report seriously, but we now have to be aware that false reports can occur. So it's uh, and, and, you know, who knows if that is one of the intentions of the perpetrator here is to, you know, to get us to be less uh, attentive to reports of school shootings. So, you know, we have to absolutely uh, make sure law enforcement across the state responds very quickly to all reports, including you no know, ones where the law enforcement has a pretty good uh, hunch that this may be a false report because we can't afford to to not take reports seriously. Exactly. Last question on this before we move on, but working with the FBI and some of the federal agencies as well, have you heard anything from them on their ongoing investigations regarding swatting calls that are happening all over the country and where they're at in potentially finding these perpetrators? Um, we have gotten some information from them. I'm not at liberty to share that right now, but yeah, they, the FBI is definitely, uh, you know, now that it's happening across multiple states, uh, it, it could potentially be from a, a foreign national. Again, not certain about that. Um, yeah, the FBI is, is definitely working very closely with us on this. Good. I love it. Uh, let's shift gears real quickly to fentanyl. I know that that's been a big focal point for you is discussing the fentanyl cases. We've seen the largest fentanyl bust in the entire country right here in Kansas. Obviously, it's a major issue, and we're finally starting to see uh, committees in Washington, D.C. try to address the issue, which Merrick Garland is uh, uh, kind of balking on just a little bit. But uh, where are we at with your administration now that you're kind of settled into the AG's office here in Kansas, and what could we look forward to over the next year or so on trying to battle this issue? But we're definitely uh, ramping up the focus on fentanyl in a, in a in a big way, you know, more than we've ever seen before in Kansas. So I've got a fentanyl task force with local law enforcement across the state uh, that we're putting together to make sure that all information is shared as quickly as possible regarding people who are dealing these drugs and, you know, uh, regarding efforts to intercept them. Um, we're also asking the legislature for enhancements of the penalties uh, dealing with fentanyl, we're making a similar request to the sentencing board for the state of Kansas. Um, it's a, it's an all hands on deck situation. This fentanyl deal is, you know, it, it's hard to overstate it. it yeah. We look at the death numbers, and you know, Kansas, the number of deaths is uh, north of 800 now, and uh, nationwide, it's about 100,000, and it just keeps growing. It, it's this is not like some prior 
you know, think of uh, when crack cocaine appeared on the on the national scene. It, you know, that that was a new type of drug. It was a sort of epidemic, and it and it rose rapidly. But then it eventually plateaued off and eventually became less of a uh, severe, you know, urgent. And obviously, it's severe still, but it, you know, it, it eventually plateaued, and then law enforcement, you know, addressed it. Here, it we're still on the upcline. There's no the numbers continue to go to skyrocket, and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And yeah. so it's not as if the problem has, you know, reached its maximum size and now we're dealing with it. This problem is a long way from maxing out and it's going to get worse, a lot worse. So uh, I, I I think as a nation, we haven't seen a a drug, uh, a, a narcotics, an illegal drug problem like this one ever because the drug is so deadly and it's often being consumed by people who don't know they're consuming it. Yeah. So you have people almost literally being poisoned, right? They're taking something that they requested, you know, they, they, maybe they got it online, uh, thinking that this was a perfectly safe, you know, pill to take for some other reason, not even necessarily for, you know, a, a recreational you know, drug use. And all of a sudden they're dead. Yeah. And it is so scary. This, I, I, it, I really have a hard time thinking of something that in it, an analogy in the past that we've had, this is a truly deadly substance that is causing the unintended death of its users. And it's it's extraordinary what, what this nation is going through right now. But people should be very aware of this. And, and certainly listeners should never uh, take any pill that they didn't get from a pharmacy yeah. um, because, the, the, you know, these things are being – all kinds of pills and, 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 and substances are being laced with fentanyl now. Uh, and it's – you know, in many ways, it, it seems like an attack on our kind. You know, a, a, the poisoning of Americans uh, in extraordinarily large numbers. Yeah, well, that's the wild part. And like you said, I mean, it's not like someone's overdosing on you know taking too much crack cocaine or or uh, alcohol poisoning or something to where we know like, oh, you know what, they have an addiction problem. They're just overdosing on it because they took way too much. We're not talking about that. Like you said, if you just take exactly. a prescription pill that you didn't get from a pharmacy, if you take uh, just a hit of marijuana, if you got it from somewhere else, if it's just laced with it and you don't even know it, you're not overdosing. You're just poisoning yourself with something that is so strong that it's hard to actually combat this stuff. I know you've talked about trying to, to bring Narcan on the market to try and battle some of this, uh, and hopefully that helps out. But it is so scary how you could just take one small hit of something and that could kill you. Yeah, and I can't urge people enough. Do not put anything in your mouth, any pill, even if you think someone tells you it's perfectly safe or, or they got it from, just don't. If you didn't get it from a pharmacy, don't take it because yeah. th this is surprising so many people. Uh, and, you know, so many families are, you know, we hear these reports, uh, you know, kids dying. The, the, the mother didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, you know, it, it's just unreal how these deaths are surprising people. They're not, it's exactly as you say, it's not like people are, are taking a dangerous drug and overdosing. They're taking what they perceive to be perfectly safe, and yeah. suddenly someone is dead. It's a scary thought. Last topic before we let you go. I know you're a busy guy, and I appreciate the time very much. It's Kansas Attorney General Chris Kobach, but let's talk about some of the lawsuits against the federal government right now. We hear about more of them that you're working on as the days goes on, which thank God and thank you for continuing the, that battle against the Biden administration. We just heard la this last week of regarding the uh, Supreme Court hearing the student loan forgiveness programs. We've had different pharmaceutical issues, COVID issues. What's the latest that you have on lawsuits that we have against the federal government right now? Well, we, of course, there's the one that was in the Supreme Court in Kansas is one of six states that brought this suit against the Biden administration for unconstitutionally 
you know, spending $400 billion to forgive student loan debts and, some, and, and also violating the, the relevant federal statute as well. So that's a big one. Uh, we've got one uh, coming up uh, that we will be launching in April. I can tell you that because we've already notified the EPA that we will be launching this lawsuit. And that, that concerns something specific to Kansas, and that's the prairie chicken. It, it, the habitat, lesser prairie chicken habitat, covers Kansas and the um, panhandles of Oklahoma and Texas. But it's not about the bird. It's about oil and beef. And basically, if this listing is allowed to go forward, listing as an endangered or threatened species, um, it will shut down the drilling of new oil wells throughout all of southwest Kansas, and it will also require Kansas ranchers to get a grazing plan approved from an entity designated by the federal government before they can graze their cattle. In other words, you have to ask the feds, mother may I, before you can graze your own cattle on your own land. Um, it's extraordinary what the Biden administration is doing, so we're fighting that one. Uh, and that's going to be a big one, which we'll be launching and happy to uh, talk in greater detail about it in um, in April. Yeah, fantastic. Well, good stuff going on. I know you guys have been hard at work with all of it, and we appreciate everything that you're doing. Uh, it's nonstop, and we got to continue to keep that fight going, so I'm proud of it. It's Kansas Attorney Amen. General Chris Kobach. Chris, keep up the fight, brother. It's always good to hear from you, and we look forward to chatting with you again real soon. Will do. Great to be with you. Whether it's the Fraud Watch Network, Retirement Calculator, getting involved in the community, make sure to check them out online, aarp.org slash KS for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on their social media. Excited to have back uh, on with us here. Glenda's on the line. Glenda, how are you today? I'm doing well, Andy. Doing good. good. To talk to you. You as well. Always good to chat with you. I can't believe Thanks. it, but we're already talking about spring break. That is just a couple of weeks away. Many students getting ready for the springtime right around the corner. But as you may be traveling for spring break or just trying to take some time away from work or school, talk about some of the scams. Obviously, with the Fraud Watch Network, there's always some type of scam trying to get your money, trying to get your personal information, and you need to be wary of it when you start making your plans. You're absolutely right. We know that spring is on the way, and just like uh, the groundhog says, we know that winter isn't going away anytime soon, right, with all the fluctuating um, seasons we're having here. But that fact has many of us really looking for a warm getaway this spring, and especially during spring break. But we need to be aware that scammers could be lurking on the other end of that sweet spring break travel deal that you would get. So I have three tips that I'd really like to share with our listeners today to spot a potential travel scam. I love it. Talk about some of those because, I mean, that's it's always good information. We've talked about how to protect yourself on the computer. Now let's talk about actually being out and about in public. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So first, be aware of any deal uh, that you would get that's dramatically lower than what else is available at your destination. You know, just looking for those sweet deals that sound too good to be true. Then next, you want to verify the, the uh, legitimacy of online travel sites by looking closely at that web address. Scammers often spoof the legitimate hotels, you know, like the Hilton, the Marriott, and other third-party booking sites. So we really want to be sure that we're, we're getting a, a legitimate site when we're, we're looking for those deals. And finally, we, we want you to um, people to be aware to not trust anyone who requests a wire transfer or, again, those prepaid gift cards to pay for your getaway. Mm. These are the payment forms that's most pre uh, preferred by today's scammers. 
So we certainly don't want to use those. Uh, use your traditional credit cards or the, you know, once legitimate sites, you know, and uh, just traditional um, payments sure. versus those. So we don't want them to actually get left out in the cold, uh, but really be a fraud fighter. Yeah, that is very true. So you're saying that if I get an email from uh, a group that says that they're claiming to give away, uh, let's say, cruises, and I can only pay a dollar for my cruise, and it's a round-trip uh, exclusive cruise, it's probably not the best thing to sign up for. Not the best idea, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and even a little higher, you know, those that just seem ridiculously low. They're, they're too good to be true. It is. Yep. I love it. There's a lot of great information out there to try and keep you safe. Uh, is it, is that going to be some of the schemes that we see moving into the spring and summertime now without people are getting out and about vacation yes, times is. and just trying to get people signed vacation up for absurd? Times, they, yep. Absolutely. You know, vacations showing up on our schedules, our calendars, and uh, kids are out of school, college, and and all of that. So, yes, it's the time that summer, spring, um, when the spring breaks really kind of start our summer vacationing. Get, and so we will certainly be seeing these kinds of scams coming up. And we really want everyone to be fraud fighters and spot them, stop them, um, and, and really uh, be very, very careful. Yeah, absolutely. Going along with that, if people are traveling as well, we haven't talked about it much lately, but what about credit card skimmers that say like gas stations? Is that still a thing? Yes, it will remain. It absolutely is. So you really want to be sure that you are, um, again, um, aware of that. And uh, following up and checking your credit card balances and your statements and whatever to be sure that you're not getting any uh, spoofed scams or, or charges on your, your credit cards from those uh, transactions at those locations. Sure. Very scary stuff. we got just a couple of minutes left here. We're talking with the AARP. What else is going on with you guys? You always have your Fraud Watch Network, but we also have a lot of entertainment, movie for, movies for grownups coming back as well here with spring and summertime right around the corner. But what else is going on with the AARP? Absolutely. So we do have our spring concerts uh, coming up. So we really want uh, people to listen in and watch those on Facebook on the second and the uh, fourth Fridays. And so there's, if we go to our, e, if you receive that e-newsletter, there are lots of opportunities out there for um, virtual events that will be happening in the spring. So if they're not receiving those, we also do want to ask everyone, invite them to go to aarp.org and, and actually um opt in to begin to receive our emails and our newsletters so that they also will have them. But you can also go to our Facebook page, our website, and our, our YouTube channel to check out virtual activities also, and even those that are being planned locally in some of your areas. Always great information, always great entertainment. You guys got it all going on. Check it out, aarp.org slash ks for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on the social media as well. Glenda, we always appreciate it. Have a wonderful week. Let's do it again next week. Thank you, Andy. You take care. All right, there it is. That's the AARP. We always appreciate them with their weekly update. We'll get another one next week as well. And boy, oh boy, has the time flown on by. Lots of ground we covered today and some really good information as well. We appreciate all of our guests very, very much, including State Representative Christy Williams, State Representative Brenda Landwehr, and Chris Kobach. When we come back next week on Saturday, we're looking tentatively right now. Speaker of the House Dan Hawkins, along with Senate President Ty Masterson, will get some other legislators on to get some updates as well. Uh, there's some big bills floating out there in a big, heavy week in the state of Kansas. We'll see how things go there. But as we wrap up here for today, that does it for us. We're back at it again on Monday for our national broadcast of The Voice of Reason. But I have a special guest in studio as well with Little Voice of Reason. What do you have to say today? Thanks for listening, Dad. Ooh, there we go. Are you ready for Denny to do a polar plunge and jump in the cold water? 
Yeah, are you going to do it with me? No. Why not? It's too cold. I don't know about that. I might have to throw you in, too, just anyways. No. Surprise you. Oh, all right. We'll see. All right, there it is. Uh, the Polar Plunge coming up here in just a few, a uh, little bit as well. Most people headed out there already, but the Polar Plunge begins at noon today. If you want to go check it out, you can also support it. We have it uh, linked to it on my personal Facebook page. You can come and donate to it as we're supporting the Kansas Special Olympics with the Polar Plunge coming up at noon with the Wichita Area Masons I'm being part of there. So that event coming up also today, it might be wrapped up already. But we have the Wichita Police Department giving away their free gun safes for your vehicles and potentially some rounds of ammunition as well if you go in as they're trying to stop the crimes of firearms in the community. That one started at 9 o'clock. They'll do another one here soon. We'll get Wichita Police Department on the program here relatively soon. Until then, though, we're back at it again next Saturday from 9 to 11 here on Kansas Talk, our national broadcast of The Voice of Reason on Monday with our flagship station right here on KQAM every day from 4 to 5 o'clock. Until then... As we say every single day, it's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. Want to say bye? Bye. All right. That does it for us today here on Candace Talk. We'll see you guys on the radio next Saturday for Candace Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker. 1480 on the AM dial, 99.7 HD4 on the FM dial, KQAM. Everybody have a great weekend.